0: Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 82. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. Each week, Wilson and I share a classic movie we have seen with Charles that he has not seen. Mm -hmm. This week, we watched the 2004 movie, Mean Girls. So Charles, tell us about it.
1: So Mean Girls is about a girl named Katie Heron, And she grew up homeschooled in Africa, um, but now enters high school in America and she quickly gets slighted by the group of the most popular girls on campus and so decides to plot revenge with some of the friends she made who are less popular. But in doing so, she has to become part of their group, and eventually she realizes that she has become one of them fully, instead of just pretending to become them, and she has kind of lost her identity and become a real jerk. But in the end, she is true to her herself and fixes all the problems in the school. <laughs> and suddenly, society is all happy. At least her and her friends are. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Crossman, uh, this, this was your selection. Um, and I, I frankly had forgotten that you hadn't seen this movie because it just... This, this movie's just, like, omnipresent. It's, it feels I like it's everywhere. I sort of
1: felt like I'd seen it because it gets referenced so much, but right. I really hadn't somehow. Right. So
2: what, what, what brought you to this one?
1: Um, for that reason, right? Yeah. It's, uh, okay,
2: that's a good reason. It's a pretty
0: popular teen movie.
2: It, uh, it, it, it pr- it's probably in the running for most popular, right? Like, in terms of just viewership. like At least for our current age group. Yeah. Yeah, within our generation, I imagine that this is one of the more widely watched teen movies out there. Like, it's up there with Breakfast Club and
0: stuff like that. I, it's probably past yeah, that. yeah just because it's more recent yeah at but, this point yeah I mean this was um, this is a huge <laughs> movie when it came out it was, still is yeah 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 it was incredibly popular when it came out um, pretty well liked I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes rating earlier it's like
1: 83% it's or funny. something, which is like very solid for a comedy it's actually yeah. very high mm-hmm. yeah I think I might have uh, just missed the wave on this movie because it came out probably as I was entering high school or just before
2: 2004 yeah. Okay. Because so I graduated in 06, so this was, like, right in the middle yeah. of it for me.
1: But I definitely yeah. heard of, like, my classmates talking about it later. Just not, I don't remember it when it came out.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, how many of these jokes did you already know?
1: Because I feel like this is So like, many of them. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah. There this were actually not. a bunch of references <laughs> that I didn't realize were from this movie. Like, the <laughs> Get In Loser We're Going Shopping quote. Yes. I love that one. <laughs> I didn't realize it was from this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she said it, and I kind of cheered a bit. It's like the, the pieces come together. Yeah, or like uh, the Hugo Glenn-Coco thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, that's just one throwaway line in the whole movie. I have no idea why people reference that. It's funny. Like, it never gets mentioned ever again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not really sure why it's funny, but it gets referenced a lot. Right,
2: but it is funny, right? Like, it's just it's fun to say anyway. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is one of those movies.
0: That it's, it's the clueless of the odds. Like, yes, and yeah. I think
2: that that's the nearest com- comparison, um, is, Quite is far, Clueless, yeah, yeah. like it, there's a pretty direct lineage.
0: It's far more grounded than Clueless is, where it's like Clueless is about, well it's a Jane Austen story, right. it's about rich people. Yeah, I, this is about upper middle class people for sure, but well, some not of necessarily. of still super rich. Definitely rich, yeah. like yeah. Regina
2: George is definitely framed as very wealthy. Yeah. Um, and then the other, um, Gretchen Wieners, like her dad, is the toaster strudel yeah. king. So, <laughs> yeah, Like there's some there's some wealth disparity there. Um, but it's not
0: overtly about being rich, like. No, it's not. Of course, uh, is, is. It's very much like, engaged about I'm not sure if I ever see them yeah. really
1: flaunt their wealth outside of just visiting their house and it being big. They don't seem to try to buy people out or anything like that. Yeah,
2: it's not central to the story. I don't think, and I don't think the movie is really that interested in, in wealth disparity in general. Um, as opposed to Clueless, Clueless, which I think is yeah. and does make it pretty central. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a funnier movie than Clueless. Not by a lot, but I think that Clueless is like a better constructed movie.
0: I think Clu- Clueless is like more sincere. Yes. Well, which is the opposite of what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well,
2: well, why do you say that? What do you mean?
0: Well, it's like, it seems like it wants to treat its... Main character as like a normal person, not as like a comedic joke. Right? Something. Yeah. No, yeah. that that is what I said. I, I said yeah. that I think that Mean Girls is funnier, where this
2: Clueless is yeah, yeah has a, is better constructed. Yeah, like yeah, has yeah. more character to it, and it yeah. has a more interesting arc for sure. It has, yeah, uh, I said the same thing, Literary source poorly. material. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that true. Yeah, although this uh, uh, Mean Girls is based on a book as well. Um, the Queen Bees and Wannabes. On a, on a nonfiction book, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't read it and don't really know that much about it. I don't think it
0: has much to do with what's actually happening here.
2: I think she pulls the concepts from it. Yeah. But um, that, that's kind of it. And really, the concepts that she pulls are like sometimes girls aren't nice to each other in high school. What? Like, well, yeah, clicks exist in high school. I was like, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no shit, Tina. And by she, you mean uh, Tina, Tina Fey? Faye. Tina Bae, yeah. Who
2: yeah. wrote it and did not direct it?
0: No, um, a guy named Mark Waters did. Mark Waters directed it. Um, so, Five Hundred Days of Summer, which I, I like a lot.
2: Have you seen Five Hundred Days of Summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the that one. Movie. I have seen that is a good movie. Um, it's another one of those ones that's like responsive to the manic pixie dream girl thing, which is becoming its own genre
1: and misread. Yes, frequently
2: misread. That is definitely true. Um, inexplicably, right? Like the movie is pretty clear. Five Hundred Days is pretty clear that you're not supposed to be on. The yeah, main character side. I,
1: I think people will end up reading things in the way they want to see them, and R- that's how misreading right, are happening. Right, which I think
2: is a critique of the audience more than, more than the film. Um, but in any event, like, I think that a lot of people think that Tina Fey directed this, and, and she did not. She wrote it, and it's one of the rare instances where the writer is more closely tied to, more closely associated with the film than the director. Yeah. I, I don't think you see that t- happen too often. It's For a sure. name. Say again, she's a big name. She is a big name. Yeah,
1: this movie definitely had her style of comedy. Yep. I, I could see it all throughout. Like I, I've, I love uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and this had the same sort of feel to it. Uh, very like kind of rapidly paced.
2: Yeah, It very wordy. It's a lot of language-based humor. Yeah. Um, so you, this you could have lifted most of these jokes and put them in, in Thirty Rock, which was airing the same time this movie came out, and you wouldn't have missed a beat.
0: Lots of gags too. Yeah. Whereas like Clueless like never had like.
2: It's not, there's no cutaway. Jokes. There's no like punchline. Yeah. 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 yeah Where this one I think shows its era in that, right? Like the in two thousand yeah. early two thousands, especially in sitcoms, you would see a lot of those kind of cutaway jokes, and Thirty Rock certainly did them and a lot of animated shows at the time did them, and you see them here too, where it's mm-hmm. just like kind of almost a non sequitur. Like
1: the, <laughs> the imagination scenes?
2: Right, like well, mm-hmm. like that, but I was thinking of more like they cut away to the sex ed class, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that kind of thing, or the at the beginning of the movie <laughs> where they have like these, you know, h- these hillbillies that come out of nowhere and never oh, are mentioned yeah. again, right? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's pretty specific to early 2000s, so you see less of that in comedies now. Um, but they work. Like those. Like, Tina Fey is so good at the one-liner, like so good at just mm-hmm. the one-off joke, that those were all funny. <laughs> They're sure. nearly all funny. Um, Would did you, you like the movie, despite yeah, like having semi seen most of it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, mean, I, I thought it was hilarious. I, I like Tina Fey's uh, style of humor, mm-hmm. so it resonated pretty well with me. It, it didn't feel like it had aged very much. Like it feels very relevant still. It's not really that old. Uh, if you just You know, ignore their phones, I guess. You could just plug it into today.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, And I guess I've seen this movie so many times. Like, it's one of those ones that I feel like I almost didn't need to watch it. I did, but I feel like I didn't need (laughs) to rewatch it for this episode because I've just seen it so, so many times. It's an easy movie to watch. Yeah. An easy movie to throw on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I saw it a bunch. Yeah, (laughs)
2: yeah, and it's one of like you're with a group of people, and it's like, who do you want to throw a movie on? Like, it's easy to just pick. It's pretty watchable to to pick me and girls because because nearly everybody has seen it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the one thing I think that we can like observe in this movie that you obviously couldn't at the time when it was released is like how different the four leads have developed in their careers. (laughs) They're all they have all taken like (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. almost. Drastically different career choices, yeah. and most of them have been reasonably successful, um, but they're still just strikingly different. Where you you have uh, Rachel McAdams, who's certainly the strongest performance here, going on to like be nominated for Oscars and like she was in Spotlight and she does like those kind of movies, and you have the Christian Weiner or Lacey Shaper, who plays Christian Wieners, is like doing exclusively Hallmark movies now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize that. <laughs> yeah, that. That pays the bills. It must, because she's been yeah. in a lot of them recently. Yeah. She was also <laughs> apparently the lead in the movie adaptation of the Christian Bingel website. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 I haven't seen this movie, but it was on. So it's IMDb. the Christian Bingel version of the Social Network. <laughs> no, I don't think. I think it's just a romance, and the premise is that they happen to have met on *Christian Mingle*. Okay. Uh, but she was in that, right. um, and other similarly Christian-themed, like many um, Christmas movies, <laughs> are, are on her resume now. Um, and then you have the Amanda Seyfried. Uh, she's like a serious actor too. Yeah, who who is, like does more art stuff, right? Yeah. So she's like split her time between like really schmaltzy romances. And also, like she was in Twin Peaks, and oh. and first performed recently, and like she doesn't want to stay. I've, back back
1: I've only seen her in that like shitty Justin Timberlake movie, the Which, like in time or about time oh, or yeah, one of those. And that. It,
2: it, yeah, and she was in Mom, She's a lead in the Mamma Mia, most recent Mamma Mia movies, uh, including the one that's uh, in theaters now. Yeah, um, and then Lizzie Lohan just became a drug addict um so yeah yeah she's pretty effectively destroyed her career <laughs> yes has uh, she like come out of that I, no th- no just a hard no i know she's appeared in things but i don't know Plus I
0: also heard there's a new york times article about her recently that she's like um opening a bar in like Greece somewhere okay <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, it might have been her or Paris Hilton. I don't know. I get that they're the same <laughs> Easy person. Easy to conflate,
2: but so, <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So she was she ten bar or is She just going to own it? Like, what if you walk you know, into it's a? It's called bar? like Lindsay or something. Or okay. Like, oh. What if you walk in there and like Lindsay Lohan is behind the
0: bar, like
2: ready ready to mix up a drink for
0: you? Yeah. <laughs> no, she was in she was in a a web series or something recently, but really, sick note. Sick note. Yeah, she has two upcoming projects, which are probably bad. Okay. Maybe she could promote her bar with these
2: movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know.
1: When I Googled Mean Girls, uh, it said she was clamoring for a sequel. And there the, is a the sequel. The articles seem to be recent, so. Yeah, there is a sequel. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm confused then. <laughs>
2: mean Girls 2 is a movie. They're like nobody saw. Then nobody, yeah, it was like a straight-to-DVD thing just to cash in on like the surprise of this movie being successful yeah um and i don't think any of the old cast appears in it but course not it exists so it would have to be mean girls three she wants to make (laughs) meaner meanest girls i guess
0: apparently there was a planned mean moms really but uh that like never went anywhere okay speaking of which i feel like people forget amy Poehler's in this movie she, like, crushes it.
2: Yeah. and She's, like,
0: by far the funniest person in this movie.
2: Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. That's a competitive category in this movie, because there's a lot They're of... They're all really funny. There's oh, a lot of funny people. I here.
0: I think she's hysterical. But I, since the beginning of her career, she's, like, been such a comedy standout. Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: I think I've basically only seen her as Leslie Nope in Parks and Rec, so this is quite a departure. Oh, no.
0: You're, you should watch um, the old Upright Citizens Brigade show. mm mm-hmm. um, which she and like a few other people are in, but she like crushes that show. She's so funny in it, yeah. and but it's from like the early '90s or something. So it's like a okay. very young. It would uh, have to be because like Foley. she and, and Tina Fey were roommates, right,
1: in Chicago when they were both
2: at UCB. Yeah, when they were both trying to make it, or at least like good friends and have stuck with that you know, their entire careers.
1: But yeah, it's always funny to see these actors playing a completely different character from yeah. what I'm very, very used to seeing them as. So I wonder what it was like for people, well, did Wedding, Wedding Crashers came after this, right? Well, that's a good question. It was I right around the did. same time. Right, but that was yeah, the first I movie right. that I'd seen Rachel McAdams in. a year in. after. Okay. Okay. That was the first time I'd seen Rachel McAdams. So, I th- so to me, that was her breakout role. Okay. Um, but I wonder what it was like for people to go into theaters and <laughs> see her in that, having seen Mean Girls the year before. And like, she's the super nice uh, bride in that one, I think.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I mean, she's a really good actor, yeah. just in general. Like, there's a reason that she's the one that went on to be in like, all the Oscar winning movies mm-hmm. and like, have the most successful career. She's the most talented. Like, she's really, really good. And she's really good in this. Like, she nails this role.
1: And it's good that she didn't get typecast because this, yeah. this character is so cartoonishly exaggerated. Yeah. Seems like you could easily fall into that kind of mode. Right. I think what
2: is, in, like, part of the reason that Regina George has stuck is that she's not just, like, insidious and evil, right? Like, she is also that, but, like, there is a charisma to this performance, right? Like, you understand why people seek her approval, right? And I, I think that that is, like, Important and like an important choice that Rachel McAdams made here, um, and it, it works really well, right? Like that's why everybody remembers like every single line that character has. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, she del- delivers with a lot of gusto.
1: Yeah, even outside the movie, everyone wants to get on her good side. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> you nailed it. Um, I like Tim Meadows here. Tim Meadows is
0: great in everything he appears in, I think. Yeah. Yes. I, I like he's,
1: he's got that kind of deadpan whatever. style of humor <clears throat> that I love.
0: Yeah, it's like deadpan and goofy at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> How does he do that? How does he do that? He, I don't know. He used to do spots on the Colbert Report. Yes, And whenever he, he popped up, he was hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Um, I,
2: I, his bit about, like, uh, he didn't leave the south side for this. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. And, like, the look that he has when he asks for... Someone to, for the girls to explain their problem, and the first girl is like, "I have a heavy flow and a wide-set vagina," and he, like, the look on his face that he just like can't handle this immediately. He's like, All right, I'm done. I'm like that's enough. <laughs> like he he kills it so many times with just those little moments. I'm a big
0: apologist for the ladies' man movie. Uh, what, the, what is that? I not it's seen it's that. an SNL movie that he started, and it, it sounds his, very familiar. His character was the ladies' man. Okay. There was a movie for it, because it was an SNL movie. Well, okay, and why do you like it? It's funny. It's really funny. He's the main character. Okay. In it. And it's hilarious. It's also a very funny like early Will Ferrell impor- uh, performance. Wow, huh. interesting. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, he plays like the main antagonist in the movie. Mm. He's
2: a good antagonist, Will yeah. Ferrell. He right? is. Because like, a, li- a little bit of him can go a long way when he's in that mode.
0: <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> when he is like the, the villain, I think yeah. it, it's effective. It's, I mean, it's a character. It's not like a a dry Tim Meadows. It's like an absurdist character, okay. but mm-hmm. it's still like very funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, it, is, is he supposed to be just like a Lothario kind of? He's um, guy? he's like a sex advice like radio host. So it's Fraser. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> 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 but he just has like no manners and he's like a gross like lizard got it uh pick up artist kind okay. of person yeah. okay so it's not Fraser. um <laughs> and it's it's really funny okay yeah cool uh, but it has like a 12% rating on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> or something <Nice>. yeah
2: <laughs> deserves higher yeah um, is this a, does this constitute an SNL movie
0: I mean cuz it's, it's Tina Fey movie Depends it's how produced, strictly you define it right yeah. it's produced by Lauren Michaels it's it not is. a it's not a sketch on SNL so I would say no but is that okay if that, yeah if
2: that's the yeah. the definitional.
0: but if you're thing. in Tina Fey's orbit it's definitely like paid off pretty well <laughs> no for you yeah <laughs> uh, she's had you know multiple successful series for and example, a bunch of movies Tim Meadows and Amy Poehler yeah yeah although
2: yeah. If Amy Poehler at least would have certainly made it on her own for sure right like
0: Parks and Rec was her but Tina Fey like she like clearly like takes care of her people yes Mm -hmm. like so if you're in her orbit like you're probably doing okay that is (laughs) that is certainly true yeah Yeah. (laughs) I don't doubt it. although she's fallen off she had like a few movies in the past few years that like didn't go anywhere and it seems like Comedy is kind of passing her by at this point. I agree. Yeah.
2: I mean, she has Kimmy Schmidt, which is I am behind on, but I remember. I haven't
1: had a chance to catch up on the latest season, but I've enjoyed the show so far. Right,
0: but her. Uh, I guess I mean like her as a star in a thing is I, like. Mm-hmm. I don't think she wants to.
1: Yeah.
2: Really? Like I, I. I think I. I imagine that if Tina Fey were to walk into any major television, any of the big three, right, ABC, NBC. CBS and say, I want to make a new sitcom for you and I want to star in it. They would say, yes, here's all the money you need in the world, Yeah. right? So uh, my guess is she just doesn't feel in it. She probably has a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she does.
0: Although um, 30 Rock was never like, I don't think it was one of like a major financial success for like NBC or.
2: Yeah, well, and NBC, that was an era when NBC was much more willing to take those risks. Like they had a lot of like borderline shows. And They, were, they were like losing
0: money on. Yeah,
2: that. they were chasing awards is what it's, it felt like. Because yeah. 30 Rock did well there um, and so did The Office and, and Parks and Rec. It, yeah, 30 Rock was on TV for like six or seven seasons. Like It had yeah. a long run, which is kind of stunning. Because you're right, it wasn't ever too much of a, an audience darling like it was for critics. People
0: like it really like it. I've, it's great. I've I've seen episodes here and there that I think are funny, but I never like
2: oh, I th- felt I, the
1: need to follow it. I love that show. I have seen every episode and, yeah, I should probably I, get around great. to it someday mm-hmm. considering I like her comedy style. Yeah, it's I mean it's
2: the same jokes from here. Like if you like <laughs> if you like the jokes in Mean Girls, like you could take it literally any one of them, stick my them third rock, it'd make perfect yeah. sense. <laughs> like there's no 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 difference. She has a style and she sticks to it. Um but yeah, and I think part of it is that she had I think the political landscape has passed her by a little bit too, right? Like I think there's a very traditional kind of early 2000s, 90s liberalism that Tina Fey embraces that's very white, and the white feminism. Yeah, and I think that she hasn't really expressed much interest in moving beyond that.
0: That was the most notable thing for me on a rewatch. Yeah, and I haven't seen this movie in a while now, so this is a pretty fresh viewing, and. It definitely felt that way. Some of the there's a lot of like, kind of, uh, racial jokes that like didn't that I mean, are a little didn't age well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but yeah, the, I don't know. We can start there, <laughs> right, right? Like the yeah. the Indian guy
2: is good at math, right? And the other guy on the math team is Asian, right? And you have and you have the Asian girls that are portrayed as more promiscuous and open to being with this older man. Yeah. Right? Also,
1: I think they're Vietnamese, which mm. uh, perpetuates those harmful like Southeast Asian mm-hmm. stereotypes. Yeah, and I think that she's leaning into that a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and just like the, there are, are now, other than the Manfleet guy, not really any characters of color in this movie. Not
0: speaking, no. Yeah. They're there. They're kind of just like, well... Yeah, well, Tim Meadows. I'm own. sorry, I'm sorry.
2: Tim Meadows is certainly...
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but among like the character. teens, Students. yeah, there's highlighted like racial groups because when we're introduced to like where everybody sits in the cafeteria, it's yeah. like this is where the black kids sit. This is where the Asian kids sit. And, right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. but yeah, they don't
2: have a central role at all. And even Clueless, like the Stacy Dash character, was important to the movie, right? Like that was a mm-hmm. the the supporting character. Clueless
0: felt a lot more progressive on rewatch. Uh, racially, which is... Yeah. And it's a 10-year-older movie. Yes. Well,
1: I will say that I did appreciate the Kevin G (laughs) character, actually. Okay. Yeah, the dude was kind of my hero. Because, like, he does embrace, like, you know, his academic prowess by being in math club, but he's also, like, a really sociable and good-looking guy, right? That's true. That's, like, unheard of for, like, a portrayal of a math dude. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. And I do like his line where he... It explains to Lindsay Lohan that he only dates women of color. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was awesome. It's just, just like rejects her yeah. outright. Like that one kind of kind of still landed for me. Um, so yeah, that, that is that is well heard. Um, but I think that like Tina Fey's personal politics, I noticed them more here than I had on, on prior viewings, uh, and the movie does not benefit <laughs> from from
0: Tina Fey's personal politics. Uh, so yeah, that was. Bummer. Do you mean um, just like how non-white characters are portrayed? Is that that? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, also, she has like, like when comedians have gotten flack for bad jo- racist jokes, misogynistic jokes. She has come to the fence of some of them, not loudly, but she has. In in the the normal kind of well, anything is available to comedy kind of way, and. You know, I, I think that that argument doesn't really hold water anymore. Like, I think that that is just an, an old argument, and we. Have I don't think she's learned her it.
1: lesson since that movie came out. Because, yeah. like, even in Kimmy Schmidt, there was that one like awful like asian episode yeah you're right the, the japanese opera episode yes uh, that i have to skip every time i watch unbreakable that Kimmy was Schmidt. bad yeah that was really bad I'd f- i had forgotten about that entirely <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. you correct. I haven't seen it but i heard a lot about that it, it, it was awful yeah. yeah yeah so she's still she's still figuring it out I yeah
2: one well, i wonder if she ever will <laughs> um, but she doesn't <laughs> seem that interested in changing Right, like she got a lot. I mean, that
1: episode's her digging in against the criticism because I think it was a response to her portrayal of uh, the Asian male lead who they tastefully named Dong. Yeah, you're right. and uh, he had, like, an accent and all that, right? I mean, he was supposed to be an immigrant, I guess, but still, you don't have to make him an immigrant. Right, well, and um, the accent was
2: played for laughs a lot. Yeah,
1: that too. And yep. they, they, so people complained about that and the theory is that she made that episode like, as an angry rebuttal to that and attitude. It, it clearly
2: was too, right? Like, yeah. there, it, there, it wasn't a theory, that's, like, text. That <laughs> was just right there. Right, I
1: wasn't sure if it was theory or if it was confirmed, but, uh, yeah. I mean,
2: you can just watch the episode, so it was it's pretty disappointing. clear.
1: disappointing. Although they did take away his accent a little more in the second season so I was appreciative of that okay that's something he spoke more normally
0: beyond what you said about the Asian women in this movie um, they're also they speak in I assume Vietnamese to each other mm-hmm. which is like again, like another like bad Asian stereotype where you're like always the other you're always like an immigrant where it's like Right, second generation people like speak English. Like they, yeah.
2: they're they're sixteen year olds like yeah. going to a, a high school with that yeah. looks like it's a fancy you know rich kid high school. Yeah, right. Like they can speak English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, there's that. Not, not yeah, so there's there.
0: like this like eternal otherness that Asian characters are kept in. Right, and like yeah. it,
2: Tina Fey embraces that. Yeah.
0: So. And also that it's like they culturally isolate themselves right by mm-hmm. speaking in their own language so they're like they're purposely not a part of the like the normal culture of the school because that, of their that, immig- immigrant status that is
1: a phenomenon yeah. i've noticed happening um, i mean obviously it's usually for more recent immigrants who end up going to high school or especially uh, college you have more foreign exchange students there right and they kind of stay in their own groups because it's nice to talk to someone who speaks your language right it, it, I
2: think that's documented as well like th- mm-hmm. this is this phenomena has been researched yeah um, mm-hmm. but I don't know to present it without critique yeah <laughs> what I think is what Tina Fey is doing here um, I don't know it's, it's worth well I think exactly.
0: it's just played for laughs like they're yeah. which is the lack of when critique when they speak right. in Vietnamese, it's, like, it's funny, because they, like... Because they're not cause speaking English. it's not English. English. Yeah. It's not English. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. like, the point of the joke. And they're not like the other kids. Yeah, that that stood out to me as being, like, eh. Uh, yeah. It doesn't... Didn't age well. Right. <laughs> the other thing that, like, really stood out to me is she, like... Lindsay Lohan's main character, when she, like, comes into school, she sees, like, a table of black students. Oh, no. it, it says, like, hello to them in oh, some yeah. African language. It's, like... Which is probably made up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I get... The punchline of that joke is that she like she
2: grew up and thinks Africa. that black people all speak whatever her African language, which says. doesn't
0: make sense <laughs> at all. Like if you're in Africa, there's so many languages spoken, and would you not have the concept of like black Americans like yeah, like yeah, yeah? I'll, that I, I get that they're like just doing it for a joke, but it's like come on, like there's yeah.
2: <laughs> you wouldn't write that joke now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: and it doesn't make sense. Period. Yeah.
0: Not, um, not at all it, yeah all it does is serve to like yeah point out the segregation of their school right yeah
2: it, and it seems like the only politics that Tina Fey is interested in and this has been true I think throughout her career is the traditional like second wave style feminism right and I think that you <laughs> non-radical feminism right exactly <laughs> so the feminism that says like you're, it's okay to be good at math right which is <laughs> a major theme in this movie and it's like yes I mean the, these are all things that are true but also like very level one thinking, right? Like very obvious kind of stuff. And for me, that, may, that when that is the extent of your your feminist critique in this film, it just kind of makes it politically uninteresting and politically mm-hmm. unchallenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, it, it almost comes across as self-congratulatory at a certain point where you're just like saying like, yes, we, uh, you, we acknowledge, Tina Fey, that you think that it's okay for girls to be good at math. It's like, okay. It's like putting
1: out a hashtag these days.
2: Yeah, something like that, and it's easy to just throw it in.
0: The movie also felt like at times that it was engaging in like slut shaming. Like it played yes. the it played the line where it's like, oh, we need to support all women, but also isn't it funny when we call them slutty? Yeah,
2: yeah, like the uh, um, and and also that the of the four the plastics character the one that is portrayed as the sluttiest is also the dumbest yeah right i think that that is a thing as well and also has just the least character period like you spend less time with her
0: and the jokes like on amy poehler's character yeah like well funny it's like oh they're also just like kind of just like slut shaming this kind of like middle-aged woman who's yeah yeah who wants to be young again yeah who's who's like very vain but (laughs) it's like okay yeah that's funny but but also yeah. Come on. yeah, and that's, again,
2: very, you know, second wave-ish, very uh, easy, right, where where your, your feminism is really about access to capital, right, more than anything else, and isn't that concerned with other kinds of freedom, and, I don't know, it's kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah, it also seems very... Um Like, the characters still seem to be defined by their relationships with men. Where, like, the primary conflict in this film is still around this, like, guy. Anonymous dude. Aaron. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude,
2: yeah. The
1: the guy looks like a knockoff cross between Zac Efron and Brandon Routh.
2: Yeah, right. Just like, here's a, a, a generically handsome
0: person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very bad actor. Uh, yes, also, yeah. Very, <laughs> very wooden yeah. performance by Aaron. By whoever. Which I is. guess is kind of funny because uh, they're, like, they're, they're the fighting face. over this like very wooden character. Right. And, yeah.
2: And, 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 and in that sense, maybe she has a point, right? Where it's like, why fight over like this guy? Right. Because the, the end of the movie is that they learn to not do that. Right? The, 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 the conclusion of the film is, yeah, we should get along, we shouldn't be fighting. So if her point is that collaboration among women rather than fighting over trivial bullshit is good and important and should be encouraged, then like making the guy they're fighting over like, bland <laughs> and not really that desirable, it, I think makes sense, right? Like feeds back into that point.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I took that away from the film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <But> well, <laughs> I, I, I think we can certainly agree that that's the thesis of the movie. Right, that the thesis of the film is that yeah, yeah. women should work together. Right, like that's, I think yeah, that, I think that's what she wants to be saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah. So the the conflict between women is like very superficial. Right, when it comes down to popularity contests. Right.
2: Yeah, uh, although now that I think of it, like so much of that still comes from slut shaming and patriarchy and orienting around men. Uh. Yeah, it sounds like you needed to make this point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh well I have an inv- in kind of inverted point to this as Please. well that the non hot high schoolers in this movie are are not treated very well yeah. <laughs> either. So it's like if if we're should not slut shame the sort of the nerd girl who she falls in with like somewhat yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like kind of a goth nerd artist person. Yeah. She just like fills that The like, weird kit, stereotype. Yeah. Role. <laughs> um, not treated super well and then all the wrestler women in the school not treated very well either they're That's, really highlighted for their like imperfections yeah uh, this one
1: thing that really bothered me was yeah. um, they kept hammering in this point about like not being mean to other people for what they are and things like that, right? And then they make all these terrible jokes about the math students at the math competition, right? Like, there's supposed to be this big triumphant moment that celebrates their love of math and how, you know, they're all great because they do what they love. Mm -hmm. And then they're making fun of, like, the other math team for being virgins and, like, their girl is, like, ugly and stuff like that. All all of them are goofy. And I'm like, what the hell?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a lot of girls in the movie who are just, like, kind of punchlines where (laughs) there's, like... There's like a fat girl, and she's like a punchline, and, and and the punchlines are about them being and, and, and there's a handicapped person fat, right? yep. and yep. the Asian women in this film. So it's like, well, you're saying two things that contradict each other. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. contradict each other. Where it's like, oh, well, we shouldn't, we, you know, we we shouldn't try and be. Lindsay Lohan and Regina Jacobs, Right. but right. if you're not, you're also punchline and like right. not interesting or worthy of this film focusing on you. Right. you. right, Tina Fey can yeah. still make fun of you. you yeah, know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you guys seen Freaks and Geeks? No. Have you seen Freaks and Geeks? Uh, I've seen a number of episodes. I
1: okay. Well, there's only like eight of
2: them, so <laughs> well, I've seen like four. Okay. Yeah. So this reminded me, like this conversation, reminded me of an episode of Freaks and Geeks because the lead character in that is similar to the. Uh, the Katie character here, in that she is the smart girl that's kind of rebelling and finding herself, and they, like, treat it with more seriousness. It's still a comedy, but they treat it with more seriousness and more gravity. And there is an episode where she gets cajoled into joining the mathletes again, and there's a big math competition. And she is about to start the competition, or, like, she's on, like, the big final question, and all of her weirdo friends that she's been, like, the cool kids that she's been trying to get in with Show up at the last minute and like sincerely cheer her on and like encourage her, and she ends up winning the, the thing, right? And it feels like the movie could have done something like that, where like we're coming together actually has some substance to it and it's tied to the people that are participating in that, that togetherness. And mm-hmm. instead, it yeah, it's not that. Instead, there's just like these soft sh- focus shots at the end, and like they smile at each other for a while.
0: I don't think the movie knew how to like resolve its conflict, right? Um. A common problem in co- comedies. Yeah. yeah. We're, so what they end up doing is they do, like, <laughs> a bunch of trust falls and, like, apologize to each other. Yeah. Which is, like, that's not... Anything? Yeah, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> <Yeah. And> then, <laughs> and it's not going to solve a <laughs> systemic issue. No. Yeah, so just talking it out, which is actually, like, a very liberal solution to things. So, right. Well, I mean, in, in line with Tina's... It acknowledges... Tina it, it,
2: it almost romanticizes the systemic issue, right? Because the very end of the film yeah. is that the girls before them all have the same problems. Yeah. Right? Like imagine the movie where the where Regina George and Katie Heron and Gretchen Wieners and the Amanda Seyfried character um, <laughs> <laughs> like recognize that these girls coming in after them are are following the same path and instead intervene and say no there's a better way here's the problems that we had here's how you can learn from them and do differently and they like actually try to change it in a way that is meaningful Mm -hmm. instead of just like we feel better now so fuck it (laughs) which again a very liberal response um like imagine that movie right like that would be interesting right yeah like i and that this movie like instead is gotta, saying like gotta get like, the sequel going. <laughs> right, yeah. Instead it's saying these problems are inevitable and, yeah, unf- can't I, solve and them. you They're can't timeless. you can't fix it. What did
1: they them. say? All all she said was like, Oh, they'll figure it out or right. something like that. Yeah, right? it's some
2: sort of just throwaway bullshit like that. Which again, I think speaks to how to, to Tina Fey's worldview, right, to a certain extent. Um, that these problems are eternal and unfixable.
0: Yeah. I much prefer the like Heather's style resolution where it's like well, let's just kill these people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which well, the movie almost does with yeah. the, which yeah. it hits uh, Regina Jacobs gets hit by bus. but she's fine but, George but yes whatever. Yeah. Um, I was reminded of Wayne's
2: World right where they recognize that they don't have a real way to end this movie so they just <laughs> end it like three or four times
0: <laughs> yeah Wayne's World is yeah. out and out a comedy where it's like not (laughs) really trying to do anything
2: I mean yes and no right like it's about selling out it's about corporatism it's about like finding yourself finding a place for your art within capital right it's doing all those things and it kind of acknowledges that there isn't an easy solution to that by having the multiple crazy ending thing Um, and like what if this movie did that right like there's all sorts of Mm -hmm. options and instead they just kind of went with the easiest one. The most
1: lukewarm option. Yeah
2: yeah exactly and I'm, I don't know, like it's still a funny movie, I still like this movie, but uh, yeah thinking about it more and talking about again, it more. again, like
0: *Clothes* treats us like much better because yeah. like this is a better movie. The conflict is like not between the women. they actually support each other really. that's,
2: that's the best thing about the shared character yeah, right is that it's not about her learning to be a better person it's about her learning to value herself well and like value her time and see her own worthiness Yeah, Um, and that is a much more interesting arc than like the blank slate that Katie is at the beginning she becomes like a boring bad person and then she ends it like a boring decent person
0: yeah the answer was (laughs) to like Put a sweater on and
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
0: do the reverse be, makeover. Be, be more serious <laughs> about math. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the solution to your problems, ladies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the books. Which which feels like a slut shaming message. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's like your your skirt got too short,
0: and therefore you became a worse person. Yeah, you became a d- yeah. And this happens <laughs> in the movie. You become a dumb person. Yeah, because uh, she starts to fail math because mm-hmm. she becomes like slutty. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, the movie pictures that sort of failing on purpose, right?
2: Yeah. In order to facilitate her sluttiness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is better or worse? But again, the movie is critiquing that idea, but tying that to sexual autonomy is
0: problematic. I don't think it ends up critiquing it though, because the film finishes where yeah. it's like. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's you
2: know. actually critiquing it. I'm oh, saying okay. it's trying to. Critique. It's trying to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that is the goal being put forward here. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just does not actually, does not actually get there. So, we're, I mean, we're, we're kind of left in a strange situation where I, I still enjoy this movie when I watch it. Like, it's, it is actually funny, right? It is very funny, but I think there are, you know, a bunch of problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I think we can be happy leaving it there, right? That's fine. Yeah,
2: you're right. That is fine. Yeah, I don't think we need to, you know, cancel the As long as we understand the what
1: the problems are and... Like, acknowledge them.
2: Correct. Yeah, which a lot of people don't, which is why I think yeah. you know, exercises like this are valuable. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I was trying to think, like, as I was watching it and as I was prepping for this episode, like, whether I like this or Clueless more. And yeah, after this conversation, I think it's definitely Clueless. I think it's just. Oh, a, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think no, Clueless
0: is a much better movie. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think so. I, even if this might be a funnier movie, like, Clueless is a better movie. I think I get more out of it. But. I don't know, other people might have different thoughts. This movie has a lot of defenders
0: and yeah, fans. I, I, yeah, I, I, did, I did a little research ahead of time and almost unanimously positive writing about this movie, Yeah. Which is interesting because I think it's actually like pretty open for critique.
1: So you think not enough people have dug into some of the problems that we've highlighted here? Yeah, well, the movie doesn't really invite it. Uh-huh.
2: Right, like I, I think that there is... It's easy to just kind of like skip along this movie and be like, because yeah. it's like, here's a joke, here's another joke, here's another joke. It's, right. it's, it's, it's set up such that like nearly every line is a joke. And, and Clueless does not do that. Right? Like, Clueless like picks its spots. Where, where it's being funny and picks other spots where it's doing something else. I think
0: um, I think you can also hide behind the shield of comedy too. Where yeah. it's like, if you start to go too deep, it's like, oh well, it's just a comedy. It's right, like, which yeah. is uh, again,
2: a, a, yeah. I, I think, an argument that has taken a lot of hits <laughs> recently. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that is that's not holding water anymore. Which
0: Tina Fey is engaged with. Yeah, R- right, yeah. in a bad way. Yeah,
2: yeah, she's engaged with it poorly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had completely forgotten about that episode of Kimmy Schmidt. God, that was. I think that might have been around the time I just like, really stopped watching that show <laughs> like, I just, because that was second season, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was just like, oh, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm good.
1: Maybe I can watch something else, because <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd block that from my memory. What, what do you guys think about the portrayal of uh, like gay people?: That's a good in point this movie. Yeah, because there's the one.
2: there's a lot of lesbian jokes.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they make a lot of like homophobic jokes and that kind of thing. But like, I mean, it's portrayed as being bad, at least.
2: Yeah, or or at least as a joke, right? But and not as something that anybody actually. It is right. Like, there's nothing real about that sexuality. It's something that is uh, absurdist or absent, right? And yeah, you're right, because the the Damien character is just a
0: just a one-liner machine, mm-hmm. right? The whole movie. Yeah. I think the movie is, like, pretty heteronormative, where it's, like... Yes. it's like <laughs> Gay people are kind of, like, outside of...
2: That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. He's right? yeah. literally a token gay character, right? And, like, yeah. you could r- run down a checklist of gay stereotypes, and, like, he checks mm-hmm. a lot of them. A lot of them. Like, he's really obsessed with the um, Spring Fling king and queen thing. He has a gay accent. He Mm -hmm. you know, is dressing he has the pink shirt that he lends to Lindsay Lohan, right? Like so many of these kind of like dumb...
1: posters and musicals in his room. Right,
2: right, exactly. It's like those kind of just really lazy stereotypes. Yeah, you're right. That hadn't hadn't occurred
1: to me. People seem to really like his character. People love the you don't even go here line. Yeah, which is funny. It's a, it's a good line. It, it, it I've seen people dress up as him in the end with the sweater and sunglasses <coughs> on sure. for okay. Halloween. Yeah, that's an easy costume to put together. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's
2: a lot of people just have that in their closet.
1: Usually it includes a side-by-side picture with a screenshot from the movie because nobody's going to get it.
2: Yeah, I think that's a sign of a bad costume. You <laughs> <laughs> have to have the, the example, the better example right next to you.
0: I think it's very much of its era too, yeah. where it gay people were like, Accepted by a liberal comedy community, but also still like the punchline of jokes. And, yeah, and this lasted well beyond this movie. Yeah, well, accepted yeah. but not included, I think, right? Like, I think yeah. that that's what's going on here. Yeah, um, and they're, yeah, sort of the like clownish gay person was the thing well before this movie and well
2: after, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. and, and this leads into like the gay best friend stereotype as well. Yeah where, like, this guy doesn't have anything to do other than just, like, be around... Make a sassy one-liner. Yeah, be around Lizzie Kaplan and be around uh, Lindsay Lohan, and, like, that's it.
1: Um, But there wasn't just that character, because there was also the the issue that Lizzie Kaplan had with the Mean Girls, where they... There's some implication that she was accused of being a lesbian... And that's bad. And that it's really bad, and, like, Regina had, like excluded her from everything because she didn't want a lesbian at her all-girl party or something like that, which seems messed up. Right, which it is. And
2: again, that's the, the villain is saying that. But she, right? like, she is the villain, so yeah. they're condemning that kind of action. Thankfully. But they're all, like, imagine if this movie had been had ended with, or at the conclusion, Lizzie Kaplan had actually come out. Right? Like, what, what does the movie play like then? Right. Mm. It, I, I, I don't know, but they didn't, they couldn't take that one more step, right, and actually acknowledge and embrace why this is a bad thing and like why yeah. what, why what Regina George
1: did is really insidious although I did like the subtle joke at the end this <coughs> one I don't think I've heard people reference but you find out that she's not a lesbian but in fact is Lebanese oh <laughs> okay I hadn't put that together you're right <laughs> that's
2: funny <laughs> okay I, I I get it yeah. I that was clever that is clever I I missed look at that I'm finding new jokes in, <laughs> in this movie I've seen a million times over the past know 14 years <laughs> all right. uh, any uh, any closing thoughts on, on Mean Girls I think we got it all out yeah I, 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 we kind of tore this movie apart like I don't hate it like I, I still think it's a funny movie it's worth watching um, yeah.
1: it's just easier to like talk about the problematic stuff than just to say oh it was really funny here's and a this bunch was of, really good here's yet. a bunch of
2: things that worked if, yeah. right and like you can do that like there are a bunch of things that worked like every you could list like I don't know five or ten really, really great lines probably off the top of your head in yeah. this movie.
1: But everybody knows them already. But everybody knows
2: them already. Is, I, I mean, I, I haven't, I've never seen, my experience with this is I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. Um, but
1: I feel like I have. I haven't seen that all the way through, but
2: I, I, have no, feel, I feel, like feel no I hate, need.
1: hated what I saw of it. Yeah.
0: Because that, <laughs> have you seen that movie? Yeah, I have. You're making a face. Well, I'd, be, I'd wonder what the experience of rewatching it would be like. Do you like it? I remember think it was funny. Yeah. Okay. It probably it's, was. It's, kinda, it's just like a one punchline movie. But it's, there are moments that are funny. Yeah. yeah. It's a very divisive movie. It's like, it's like an hour and 20, too. So like, it's <laughs> you kind of like, knock you know, it like, out. Yeah.
2: You know, you know who financed that movie? Uh, no, but whoever did made a lot of money. It was the Church of Latter-day Saints. Huh. And the reason is that they had... Well, it's p- a clean comedy, right? Exactly. Yeah. They <laughs> had put forward a challenge to the filmmaking community wow. to make a movie without any sex, drugs, or violence in it. And So that's this why that the, movie sucked so much. This, yes, this is the movie that was made out of that challenge. And yeah, they made it. I don't know if they had a stake in the proceeds, probably.
0: That's uh, why... Um, made a killing. Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan, who are both clean comics, are very popular in Utah. Wow. Interesting. They just, they just like insanely clean up when they like do comedy tours. <laughs> you know, they I've seen a good. lot
1: of Gaffigan stand-ups and I never noticed that actually. But you're right, he's it's really all good. food jokes. Yeah, he's like a hundred <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah he's hundred
0: percent clean. Which is like really hard to do. It's pretty that's impressive, yeah. I didn't funny. even notice it. So that's I really didn't either good. Brian Regan's not as funny as Gaffigan. It's a lot of like dad jokes, but he's still like illegit comment. Yeah, a legit comic, yeah. Well, and, and Gafkin's right? really funny. Like he's yeah. up there. Yeah. Um, it's just jokes about like him eating candy yeah like, they're all food yeah. jokes <laughs> Yeah, right. and then he oh, makes fine. jokes about him making food jokes <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. that's his bit um, he's I think or his wife is like Roman Catholic and okay. I think he, that's like a part of the reason that huh. he like keeps it pretty clean and she like writes material with him I had no idea yeah a lot of his comedy is actually like she's half the act she just does writing <laughs> wow yeah okay yeah I Which is funny because then his humor is about like what a doofus he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Put two and
2: two together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who wrote that joke? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's funny. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> my point is that I would imagine that the experience for someone who hasn't seen Mean Girls like coming to it now is would be like my experience of going to Napoleon Dynamite now. Uh-huh. Like it's like you've just heard so many of the lines here. It's like having, oh, yeah. having already seen the movie. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe you could. Uh, speak to that better than I could, but yeah, I don't know. It's still a fun movie, and I've seen yep. it so many times that it's still fun for me. Know. What do you think, Crossman?
0: Yeah, it's it's watchable. I think not everything holds up, but that's but that does. That's, that's that's it's still funny. That's how time works, so. yeah, that is yeah. especially yeah.
2: comedy. Especially comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in any event, uh, we will be back shortly with uh, things we've seen. Stay tuned. And we're back with Things We've Seen. Uh, this is the segment where we discuss more recent movies that we have seen in theaters or on airplanes. Cressman, what airplane movie have
0: you seen recently? I <laughs> saw <laughs> a good airplane movie. You did? Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. I saw a cute little film called Early Man. Early Man? Early Man. Okay. It's an animated film that came out last year.
1: That sounds or vaguely Earlier familiar.
0: this year, I think, actually. Earlier Man? I'm um, getting the... Uh... <laughs> I, this does ring a bell um, there's somebody notable in it right um, yeah okay so it came out earlier this year um, it stars uh, Eddie Redmayne Tom Hiddleston yeah. Ma- Macy Williams a um, bunch of other uh, English people who provide mm-hmm. their voices uh, this is a stop animated film by the Aardman company um, that does Wallace and Gromit um, okay um, and Chicken Run and a few other a few other great uh, kids movies um, so the main thrust of the movie is uh, there's a, uh, a a group of cavemen and they, they live in kind of like a valley sanctuary, and then these sort of like bronze age colonists like show up, uh, okay, uh, who are like much more technologically <clears throat> advanced and start um, m- mining in their valley, and then uh, the, our main character whose name is uh, Doug, I believe. Goes to the like Bronze Age civilization, which is geographically somewhat nearby. <laughs> um, How this happen? <laughs> In, in the city, they play, like, an early version of soccer. Okay. Um, so, Hajin uh, su and then um, he ends up making a deal with the leader of the civilization that they will leave the cavemen alone if they beat them in, in soccer. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in, in a soccer, game of caveman soccer. In caveman soccer. Um, so then <laughs> it becomes... It like the Aztec game? A soccer yeah. movie, so they're, like, they're training all the cavemen, like... How do you, so it's like, I did not. Suddenly, expect, a sports movie. Yeah, I did yeah. not
1: expect this turn.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know this about the movie because it actually wasn't in the advertising. Okay. Mantra. I don't remember it from the trailer. Um. Uh. But this, uh, the movie is like pretty funny. It has like a lot of like kind of language play and like good like really good visual gags. I'll spoil <clears> a few of them. Uh, just Go to like ahead. encourage you to watch the movie because I right. think it's actually pretty funny. Um, so t- Tom Hiddleston plays the main bad guy whose name is Lord Newth. Um, <laughs> That's and a good bad guy name. It's because it's an English movie. They t- the the like other civilization all have like French accents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> okay. he has he, it's Hiddleston doing like this ridiculous French. God. Like, accent, <laughs> okay. And he's very very funny, um, and he. Um, he's also, like, he owns the soccer stadium, essentially, sure. so he sits on, like, he has all these coins, and like he, like, rubs his face with the coins, which is, like, really funny. And he's obsessed with bronze uh, as a metal. Yeah. A few other good gags I thought were really funny were um, the cavemen are, like, practicing soccer, and one of the cavemen, like, kind of kicks a rock off the field, okay. and we see off <clears throat> in the distance there's, like, a duck and the rock like is like going towards the duck and the rock keeps getting smaller and smaller and then it's revealed that it's actually like an enormous like prehistoric duck. <laughs> and the duck like then comes and like terrorizes all the, <laughs> That's good. the cavemen. Practice is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the it's this is a great film. Uh, I, I I think it's like very funny and charming. It's oriented towards kids, but it's still like funny. I think a lot of Aardman animation is that. Um, the other big company working in the stop animation space is Laika. Um, like the dog? Leica, Yeah, L-A-I-K. They did... Um, Kubo. Uh, Kubo. Oh, okay. And Kubo was great. Yeah. Paranorman and... Coraline. Yeah, Box Trolls. Yeah, okay. Um, Ardman is like the other kind of like second fiddle in in this space. Um, they're not as advanced animation-wise as Leica, but... They actually, like, really show their chops here. But they've been working as a studio for, like, 30 or 40 years. Yeah, because so those Wallace and Gromit movies are old. old. famous. Old, from yeah. the 80s, if not the 70s. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, the early ones are those probably been very old. old. Forever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so so this this is good. I'm happy to see them kind of moving away from Wallace and Gromit, because I think it's, like, a well-mined territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, this is a very funny film. I'm surprised it didn't do better in the States, I don't think it was open as wide as it maybe should have. Um, yeah, this is a great film.
1: Okay, cool. Well, it seems like it's hard to sell stop motion these days because even though Kubo was outstanding, I think it didn't do that well in the box office. I have no idea. From what I remember.
0: Yeah, I, it's too bad. Because <laughs> it's such yeah. an amazing art form and really is beyond, I, I think it's better than what CGI movies are doing. Uh, I think artistically and mm-hmm. uh, story-wise, I think they're much more. Con- they tend to be the ones that like are doing are very complex films. Yeah, well,
2: sure. yeah like in the, the during the credits for Kubo, they had like a, a little behind the scenes bit.
1: That was incredible to watch.
2: Where, yeah, where they're like actually building the device for one of the monsters or whatever in the movie, and, and it's huge. It's yeah, a it's huge and it's so complicated. Yeah, like, there are so many little pieces that they're putting together on this thing it's just a it's just a,
0: as a piece of engineering yeah. <laughs> it's impressive yeah the hours invested in making it stop motion are yeah
1: yeah they do the astounding they do the the time lapse of them animating everything you can see them like changing their shirt like yeah. every few seconds so <laughs> yeah. you know it's another day
2: passed yeah exactly yeah so uh, and it, it feels like we're kind of in a golden age for children's films like they're there's so it feels like we get a, at least two or three pretty good ones every year
0: and the kids' movies yeah. that I see tend to be better than movies that are made for adults. Like yeah, I mean, the I, I, writing is just more complex. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes yes. And they tend to be very funny and much more visually interesting.
2: Yeah, well, it, especially when you look at like the Pixar's and and Leica with Kubo and things like that. Like, it feels they're like they're much more engaged with just dramatic fundamentals. Right, like they they have like a, a more, or at least more, are more interested in just setting up stakes in a in a clear way, right? right. And like just these very you know screenwriting one on one ideas about how you make a story compelling. It feels like they're much more ready to embrace those. I think
0: yeah, and I think kids movies are really about like how emotions are complex because like you can have sad and tragic things like in comedic settings, yeah, and well, it still works together. Yeah, the, the, and you look at a movie like uh, Inside Out, like
2: literalizes
0: that idea. Yeah, yeah, right? like yeah. that's what it's about. Or um, uh, what was the Pixar movie from last year? Coco. Coco, which was yeah. about like loss and how to deal with that. And right, how to, like, and how you can still find joy in your sad memories. Right, yeah, it, it, and, yeah. exactly. Complex ideas. Um, in culture and like how it engages with Mexican culture. And, yeah, yeah. Um, here the storyline's not as complex as more of like a straight comedy, but the comedic sequences of the movie are very funny okay um, nice and yeah, I encourage watching it just just from that okay so, i'll uh, I'll keep uh, keep it on the radar early man, early man,
2: yeah. Early man, not early man. (laughs) The way I emphasized it was incorrect. Um, Carols and I, like everybody else over the last (laughs) two weeks, uh, saw Mission Impossible, and it was great. Uh, We were not in the air like Crossman Ways. you were traveling and missed out on it, unfortunately. It was a blast. Yeah, if you haven't heard, it's real good. Um, I did hear that. (laughs) Did you? Okay. Although,
1: I do feel like the extreme hype going into it, like... I think it was impossible to reach those highs for me.
2: Uh, There was I I also heard the hype going in, and there were at least there was a run in the middle of that movie, or like the second act of that movie, where there were like three or four sequences in a row where I thought to myself, "This is one of the best action sequences I've ever seen in my life."
1: There were a bunch of fantastic action sequences. (laughs) They had like, let's see, what do we have in there? They had the one shot uh, skydiving scene, which was really thrilling. Uh, they had the car chase through don't Paris. Don't you,
2: you skipped the bathroom fight. The bathroom fight, yes. <laughs> yes. The bathroom fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, yeah, that chase through Paris from from the car onto the motorcycle. Yeah. Right? You have, well, and before that, like, the heist sequence that they're setting up with the guy that they're breaking out of the car and all this. But I think what's most impressive about the movie is, like, how clearly it articulates the stakes and conflicts between so many different players, like, yeah. there's a lot of shit going on. Like, and there's, yeah. a, there's a surprising amount of plot in this, like, it's pretty straight up action movie. I
1: mean, it was almost three hours long. Yeah, it's it was a like a, movie. it was like two and a half. Yeah, yeah.
2: and. It, a, it does not feel that long. Yeah, and for sure. And B, like, there's a lot of moving parts and shifting alliances. Like, it's still a spy movie, and it still, like, has yeah, that stuff but it's on.
1: not muddled the same way they end up doing in, like, uh, what was it? Atomic Blonde? I felt like that one went a little too far with the yes. intrigue.
2: Although I think that Atomic Blonde, like, that was part of the point, but... Sure. You're right. That is true. Because, um, like, the movie opens up, and it's Tom Cruise in Belfast, sleeping in an empty room. He gets the assignment from somebody about that just explains the plot and the premise of the movie yeah. and it just goes from there and like yeah. that's it there's no extra anything it it feels like this movie learned all of the right lessons from Fury Road mm-hmm. right it, it I think there's a lot of similarities and it, it identified what made that movie work well I don't think it is as good as Fury Road which is you know, like saying a sure. basketball team isn't as good as the Warriors. <laughs> but I think that it identified what's working there and, like, brought that into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I I can't say enough good things about it. Like yeah, I,
1: I mean, the action scenes are all very well done. There's a lot of weight to what's going on, which is something mm-hmm. that's really lacking uh, in a lot of action movies. Um, you can feel the danger a lot more than in many action movies. Like, I saw a comparison between... Um, this movie and like the Avengers films and like the action sequences uh, a lot of them are much more populated Yeah. so like uh, why the Paris car chase scene stood out more to me is because the streets are just so full of cars um, that he's like weaving in and out of right it just seems so much more dangerous uh, and thrilling that way whereas in an Avengers scene usually the civilians are all cleared out and there's nothing else in the scene except the people that are fighting right Mm -hmm. Um, and so they just kind of punch yeah. each other a, for a while, a but you know probably none of them are going to die because they're all the superheroes and all that, right? So yeah. uh, this one, like, I mean, you probably... Ethan Hunt you is You probably a, know he's not going to die, but, yeah. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot more danger and adrenaline it in remi- these scenes. Yeah,
2: that scene in particular, the the chase sequence in Paris, reminded me a lot of Born Identity, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause it's a, there's a pretty excellent and well-done Chase sequence near the beginning yeah. of that film that plays out similarly, um, and part of the reason I think those work and can look so populated, like you pointed out, is that it's way easier to CG cars and have it look real. Oh yeah, real. certainly. And like the, so, the cars that he's narrowly missing are not, are not really there. Yeah. I think those are those are pretend cars, but it still looks real enough, and you certainly feel it in the moment. Um, so, yeah, so, and the, uh, I think my I don't know maybe not most surprising moment, but. Almost most surprising moment is at the very very end when they're trying to stop the nuke from blowing up everything, <laughs> and you have that cut to white, and Tom Cruise is looking off in the distance. Oh man, is that a spoiler? That's no, a spoiler. It, they, they don't blow up the world in this movie. This movie doesn't end with the the world being destroyed. That's uh, not a spoiler. I mean, you, really? You, you did you believe it? Did I was you like, like, are they are they doing this? Like, you, you, you don't know. You, you don't know. It's okay. the end of the
1: movie. They could have done they could have done anything, and we don't know if they're making any more Mission <laughs> Impossible movies. If right?
2: they got you with that for even a second. Like, this is a massively successful sequence then, because, like, you know they're not going to nuke the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, I had a moment
1: where I was like, are they really doing this? Do they <laughs> yeah. have the balls to go
2: through with this? Right, and I think that a lot of people did. And, yeah. I, and that was amazing, that they could get you for even a moment to think that, yeah, we actually did blow up the world. <laughs> it's a massive success uh, for this film. So, yeah, for me, it's the best action movie since Fury Road. Um more great Tom Cruise and I can't get enough of the guy despite his Scientology problems.
1: I think and I'll still put John Wick over this.
2: It's a it's a toss up, I, I suppose, but Man,
1: and I, I like the Fast and Furious movies a ton, and there have been a few since Fury Road, I think. Yeah, there have. Um, but this one's still up there. I mean, they're fantastic. It's amazing that this franchise has basically gotten better with age. Uh, yes. I, I don't know how they accomplished that. <laughs> I, I don't either.
0: The first movie is still really good. I saw it. I need to go back and rewatch uh, some of those. Yeah. I Saw it last year, I think. Yeah. I and actually
1: rewatched the second
2: one relatively recently. Ooh, that is a garbage movie.
0: <laughs> it wasn't. I liked it a lot
2: more than <laughs> I remembered. Like I, I was, I was basically into it, and I like might it was I have to fun. reassess,
0: but I remembered viscerally disliking oh no Ooh. I
2: I had a good I had a good time with it I, I like I like John Woo I like yeah it's definitely uh, a John Woo movie like the, the biggest the conceit yeah on. there's I a doubt. dove <laughs> that, that movie could maybe have done without the doves but like the biggest conceit that movie asks of the audience is for you to believe that these like multiple men can fall in love with Tandy Newton inside of 30 seconds it's like okay, like that's, that's plausible to me. I get that. Um, so yeah, the second one actually held up pretty well for
1: me.
0: First one's really good.
2: First one is good.
1: You know, I'm not sure if I've seen the first one all the way through. It's good. I gotta go and rewatch it. Put it on yeah. the list. That's or one. Of, that's one of those
2: movies it. that it opens so strong. Like that, that. first sequence when they're like.
0: It's so good. Yeah, yeah. In the vault scene is like, one of the best. It's a reason it's a classic. Scenes.
2: Right. Yeah. I, 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 speaking of which, and uh, my viewing of Fallout here, yeah. I think that a lot of the audience knew that Tom Cruise broke his ankle record it, making this movie. Yeah,
1: I saw an interview about that, and they showed the clip where he broke his ankle, Right. and you see, like, his ankle go the wrong way, and it's really <laughs> disturbing, right? And so, that whole scene, which was an impressive scene, it's, very, yes, it's it was always amazing. impressive to watch Tom Cruise running full it's tilt, it's, Yeah. but that whole scene, I was waiting for him to do the jump, because there's some parts where he's, like, jumping on buildings, but it's <laughs> Is not this it? scene, yeah. <laughs> <you're> wondering, <laughs> Is right? Is the one? Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, and I think that a lot of the audience I saw this with knew about it, because you could feel it in the room. <laughs> people feel winding just, like, up for it, waiting yeah. Waiting for people to watch Tom Cruise break his ankle and then continue running on it yeah. to get out of the shot. But like
1: they they edited out him his ankle going the opposite way. Right, but
2: you, you they, they did not edit out the run on the broken that's the clip they used, is him right, actually they running. they used
1: that take? Those, and the, what is it, 70 like, you can watch take. him
2: like just like wobbling off
1: screen. Yeah. <laughs> and then he cuts
2: <laughs> he's a out a, away. He's a real trooper. I, I didn't know about that. Didn't Yeah, know so apparently because there's a, a bit where he it's in London and he's jumping from one roof to another and the one that he's jumping on he's supposed to hang out at the edge and pull himself up and so he does that jump and like catches his foot on the side of the uh, of the wall wrong yep. and he knows like because he, he did this interview and he said like I knew that as soon as that happened like we're not going to be able to, re- to film anything for another six months so I gotta get this take so he pulls himself up and, and like limps off screen runs like run limps past the camera and then it's like I need to go to the hospital and <laughs> and they just wrap up production for a while
1: that and was like, a gnarly clip to yeah. watch they had like a side view shot and you see it's, it very clearly and it's disturbing there's no
0: mistaking what yeah, that I'm is. I'm good. I'm watching people get yeah, yeah. <laughs> traumatic breaks. I've, I've had enough of my own that well, I don't need to yeah. see it. So. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> it, it was
2: especially weird because of that interview like Tom Cruise is right there watching everybody watch him break his ankle. <laughs> it's like yeah. this kind of surreal thing. Um, but yeah, I, this, I don't feel like I need to recommend this movie. Like, it, yeah. It's been getting rave reviews and it's been advertised to Apple. Yeah,
0: I'm going to try and see it this again. Yeah,
2: you
1: should. It's great. Um, I, I might want to see it again. I have a few complaints about this movie. Really? I feel like it, it would be unfair to go through without them. But uh, like, I thought the plot was... Um, not very revolutionary for a Mission Impossible movie. Like, it's exactly what you would expect out of a Mission Impossible movie, right? Like, they try to do the thing and save the world, and there's some twists and turns here and there, typical spy movie stuff, right? But they had some implications about, like, breaking out of the mold a little bit. They they, They touched on it. They had the main villain talk about how, like, the impossible missions force, like, saving the world really just perpetuates the current unfair system Right. And they literally have one sense about that in the whole movie. And I'm like, that's an interesting idea that's very relevant to today. And that's it. Right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't go further into yeah, that. He I never did, questions his uh It's his, his
2: uh, ideologically speech. a relatively conservative film. Um, I was reminded of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I think in Black Panther they engage with the villains' ideas more and like give them much more legitimacy. Whereas in this movie, like the the Villains are anarchists essentially, yeah. and they just don't at all treat that with any kind of seriousness. It's just like the entire concept of anarchy is absurd on its face, and and not well. Worth they, they have discussing. an absurd way
1: of trying to execute it, right?
2: And which again, of course, they do, yeah. right? And but where, whereas in Black Panther, they like the point isn't that the ide- ideology itself is bad, it's that Killmonger's execution of it is poor, but that mm-hmm. there is still something to be gained from it, and you know there are political imperfections in that movie as well. But this movie doesn't even make the attempt. Um, and, yeah. yeah, I think you're right to critique it on those grounds. Yeah, yeah
1: and then he just goes back to saving the world <coughs> after that. He's He doesn't even think about it, really. Right, right. So this. that was a little disappointing. Um, so I guess for all the good reviews, I expected it to maybe have the story be a little more daring or a little more different. Uh, because, you know, basically every Mission Impossible movie kind of has this same plot, right? Yeah. And, like... It sets up the movie. You get the action sequences, right? You get the tension. Right. uh, You get to see if he'll save the world one more time. Um, But it is kind of the same thing again. Right. Uh, Another thing I thought was a little disappointing was the final action sequence. Um, When he's on the helicopter. Yeah, but like what happens like right after the helicopters, you know, are done. Okay. Right. And that that sequence felt a little contrived and like a little cartoonishly silly. And that felt kind of bad compared to all the other action sequences in the movie, which felt maybe a little more naturalistic, a little more grounded. For me, that sequence was the most Spielbergian
2: sequence yeah, I <laughs> in can the movie see why you would right see that. like because it it was very much like because it's all about like that hook that's on the rope that gets caught on the rocks yeah. right and they set that up earlier in the thing and then they pull away from it just long enough for you to forget about it and then like it's suddenly the most important thing and then it's yeah. here's one more thing to make it harder here's like the this thing that they're standing on is falling now and it felt like yeah. s- like something out of Indiana Jones but it's just like here's one more thing right to it's thing just to aspects
1: of it seemed you know a little cartoonish a little too perfect oh, yeah. right i mean they just had this perfectly shaped rock outcropping for them to <laughs> have the helicopters land on yeah. and fight had them fight on It was so, like this perfectly shaped like tunnel through the rocks uh i don't know it, it just it's all very i couldn't fortunate. suspend my belief for that despite <laughs> that, that all the that other was actions. too much yeah well i mean this one seemed much more contrived than the other action scenes in the I, movie i hear you i hear you um and it's like, it's the set piece, like, final action scene while they're, like, trying to resolve the final, like, crisis, right? Yeah. And so it's a little disappointing to have that alongside that.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway, we could probably talk about this movie forever, but yeah. I think we need to yeah. to wrap it up. Um, my pick next. Yeah, right? what
1: do
0: you want to watch?
2: I want to watch The Sting. Um, so another movie that I've seen many, many times, but I think it's tragically underwatched. Have you even heard of Sting? Do you know what this is?
1: It might have been referenced in The Office once.
2: Okay, maybe. Uh, it's Paul <laughs> Newman, Robert Redford, uh, in arguably their best pairing, despite Butch Cassidy. Um, it's a great movie. So, it's about you, a Sting. It's about oh! a Sting. It's not about bees. Spoilers, <laughs> Not man. a bee movie. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, If you're liking the show, please share it. Please like us on Facebook. Please do all those useful things for the podcasts that you listen to. And join us next week for The Sting.